Good morning. Well, what a great song. It just kind of wrapped everything up, and I really don't even need to preach now. Here you go, Donnie. Uh, because that's what we're talking about today is it is finished. And you know, the, the beat to the music, and some of y'all can relate, some of y'all probably, it kind of reminds me of the old ballads. Remember like Marty Robbins and them, the old ballads the country music she used to sing? That's kind of the style they did. But anyway, that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about it is finished. And I, first off, I just want to um, thank all the staff for covering for me last week. We was in Hot Springs, Arkansas, and I had the opportunity to officiate my nephew that lives in Memphis's wedding. And um, boy, you talk about a beautiful chapel. You know, years ago, Donnie prayed that we had a retractable roof here and we lost it. That chapel was glass, the roof, the walls. And I mean, you, if you're the glass cleaner, you have to hate your life, you know, because it was, I bet that thing's what, 30 feet tall, Brother Howard, 35 feet tall. And um, it was beautiful. You know, we could have that, not retractable, just glass, maybe for the future. But uh, so anyway, we was up there doing that. And I appreciate all the work this week. And Bonnie mentioned, you know, if you walk out, you're seeing a lot of stuff. We, where we had concrete, we have dirt. And we have pipes coming out the ground. And hopefully by t- Tuesday or so, we're going to have new concrete out there. There's some more changes that's going to be done cosmetically to some of the buildings before you get back next Sunday. And I don't want to say nothing. I want to surprise you with that. And so, um, but I appreciate all the hard work and the guys and giving up time. And we had a whole crew come up yesterday again that like Brother Frank mentioned, that, or Donnie, somebody that we delivered Easter eggs to houses and stuff like that. And so just a lot of work goes on behind the scenes that people don't see. And, uh, and that's because um, we're, we're being the church and that's what we're supposed to be doing. And, you know, yesterday I had the opportunity to go to um, a competition with one of my dogs and watch and I brought my little propane grill and I set up and probably fed 35 or 40 people. And there's probably going to be eight or 10 of those that's going to watch church today at 1030 because I gave them a hot dog yesterday. I told them it comes with a string. They had to watch church today. And so um, it it was a good day um, just to be out there. And hopefully in time, you're going to get to meet some of those people. Um, They might start filtering in here on their off weekends from competitions. And so this morning, if you have your Bible, turn with me to John 19. John 19, and we're going to start down around verse 28. And um, as you're turning there, John 19, 28, you know, we started this series called The Journey to the Cross. And, you know, we went into the garden in the very beginning, into the fall of man. And then the next week we went back into the garden and we went to the betrayal where Jesus was betrayed. And then the next week we was talking about him being condemned and denied the next week when he was beaten and mocked and um, literally went to the cross. And this week we're going to end on it is finished. And that's three of the most powerful words that can be spoken. And we're going to talk about that today. And then next week, right now, start thinking in your mind, who are you going to bring at 8 o'clock, 9.15 or 10.30? Um, Brother Mike says I sound like a, new, a used car salesman because I got them times down. But 8 o'clock, 9.15 and 10.30 next Sunday, bring them Easter Sunday. Bring them with you because we're going to be talking about ain't no grave could hold our God back. And so it's going to be an exciting service. And so let's read this morning in John chapter 19. We'll start verse 28. It says, Later, knowing that everything had now been finished so that Scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I'm thirsty. And a jar of wine vinegar was there. And so they soaked it in a, with a, soaked it with a sponge in it, 
and put the sponge on a stalk of hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips. And when he had received a drink, Jesus said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. Father, we come to you right now, Lord. Father, just say that we love you, Father, and I just thank you for another amazing day. And Father, right now, Father, I just ask, Father, that we open our hearts, our souls, and our minds, Father, to hear from you and you only. Father, for what you did for us as individuals. Father, the grace that you give us and the mercy that you give us, Father, that we don't deserve, but yet you did it. Father, let us hear and let us leave changed. In Son's name I pray. Amen. You know, when you hear those words, you know, and, and you think, you know, Jesus is hanging on the cross. You know, and we went through that a couple of weeks ago, what that looked like, you know, what he had to do to breathe by lifting himself and, you know, to get the oxygen in and out of his body. You know, so he's on that cross. But then those three words, when he says, it is finished, you know, a lot of people think, well, that's just a weak cry for help. But no, that was a cry of victory. He was crying, it says it, it is finished. Scripture is complete. Because you remember, what did God say whenever he created the heavens and earth and he created things? He said, it is good. It is finished. My work with this is done. You know, because what we need to realize, there was no plan B. God had one plan. He created the earth. He set everything into motion. He knew that we was going to need a Savior. And he sent his son. There was no other way to do it. And Jesus realized that. Because we talked about that a few weeks ago too. And so whenever Jesus says it is finished, he wasn't a victim. He was a victor. And he was saying it is done. It is done. You know, one of my favorite movies, and some of y'all's probably seen it, is Braveheart. You ever seen Braveheart? All right, you remember probably the most famous line in the whole movie is when William Wallace paints his face blue. Remember that? He's riding a horse and he paints his face blue. And he says, they can take our lives, but they can't take our freedom. Remember that? All right, whenever Jesus says it is finished, that's what he's telling the world. You can take our lives, but you can't take our salvation. You can take our lives, but you can't take our God. It is finished, and we're victors. And so it's just like that scene in Braveheart. And that's when my mind, you know, and Johnny's mind's kind of weird sometimes, but that's what I see whenever I see the cross. I see Jesus almost with his face painted blue saying, it is done. I have beat you. And next week we're going to talk about what's even better than that. And so, you know, those three words, you know, um, nothing can take God away from us. That's what we need to realize. When we pray and we accept him and when he becomes our Lord and Savior, nobody can take that from us. Nobody. We was watching um, The Voice. You know, me and Tammy love to watch The Voice together. Neither one of us can sing, but I could be a judge. I'm convinced. I could sit by Blake Shelton, and I could be a judge on that show because I know the vibratos. I know everything. And so we was watching the other night, and they made this statement. And as soon as the guy made this statement, I was typing it in my phone, and Tammy looked and said, she said, that's an illustration. I said, absolutely. This is what the guy on The Voice said in his um, blind trout. He said, I was born and raised, dipped and battered at church. You know, his dad was a worship pastor. He said, I was born and raised, dipped and battered in church. But listen, you know where I want to finish at? 
You can be born and raised, dipped and battered at Live Oak Baptist Church or whatever church you grew up in, but if you never ask him to become your Lord and Savior, if you don't ever recognize what was done on that cross, that don't get you into heaven. You can't be good enough. You can't have enough batter on you. You can't be dipped deep enough if you never prayed and accept Christ. And so, you know, whenever you hear those words, it is finished. That's what we need to hear. So here's my question this morning. Do you believe in God enough that when you hear these words, and do you believe in the power of God enough? In John 4, verse 34, Jesus says, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you believe in God enough to do his will and to finish his work? Because he tells us in scripture that he has a perfect plan for each one of our lives. God has something that Brant Russo was sent here to do. He has something that Donald Turner was sent here to do. He has something that Alice Shoemaker was sent here to do. Are we willing to complete the work that he sent us here to do? In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 55 through 58, I love this verse. It says, where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. You know, whenever I hear that verse again, I'm thinking, paint your face blue. Stand firm. Don't waver in what God sent us here to do. Don't let the world tell you that you're out of line. Don't let culture cancel you because you're living for God. Live for him. Because what he did on that cross when he said those words, it is finished, gives us hope. When he said it is finished, it gives us mercy. When he said it is finished, it gives us grace. And we ought to be willing to complete the work that he sent each one of us here to do. Is it easy? No, it's not easy. But is it worth it? Absolutely. Yesterday, I mentioned I was at that hunt test. And, and, and I, I know he was picking. I really do know he was, at least I hope in my heart he was picking. Let's put it like that. But a friend of mine, he come up to me and he hugged me, you know, and we was talking and catching up. And he couple of people walked up and, and, um, and I didn't know him and they didn't know me. And, and he looked and he said, Hey, this is Johnny Morgan. He's a pastor, but he's not like your typical pastor. He actually loves sinners like us and hangs out with us. And it kind of stung a little, you know, because I'm thinking, Hmm, is that what a lot of people have the perception of the church is, you know? And so it, it even give me more reason. That's why I was supposed to be there cooking hot dogs and sausage yesterday, hanging out at my tailgate, passing out Cokes. And I didn't pass out that many Diet Cokes. I hold them. I passed out Cokes and Dr. Pepper and bottled water. And so, because whenever you look, you know, when you start hearing these verses and it says, you know, when Jesus says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work, is that what we live on? Is that our hope? Do we live, do we look at life like the food that God's given us and we want to ingest this? This is our food. And when we start reading this and we start living this and we start doing this, it has to change us. You can't read this and not be changed. You can't grow in your relationship with God and not be changed. And when this becomes our food, then the world is going to see something different. The world's going to see somebody that loves them like they are. 
and goes to them, but then starts bringing them in and telling them about God and what he can do. But we have to be willing to live that way. You know, because when you start looking, you know, I mentioned a minute ago, the work of creation was finished. The work of the cross was finished. You know, whenever Jesus looked and he said, you know, scripture is complete. It is finished. Our work's not finished. Our work's not finished. When I wake up in the morning, I know that God's got something else for me to do or he'd have brought me home in my sleep. When he gives me breath, you know, I tell people all the time, it's a win-win for Johnny Morgan. If I'm alive, that means he's got something for me to do. That's a win. If he brings me home, that's a win too because that means my work's complete. And so, you know, what, what do we have to do? You know, whenever you start thinking about it, we have to compress on. We have to know that God has left stuff for us to do. We have to understand that our work's not finished. We have to do what God's leading us to do. Do you hear those key words? What God is leading us to do, not us. I had this week, somebody asked me, said, uh, it was a, another a pastor friend of mine. He said, it don't scare you to death to be building that building right now? I said, absolutely not. God led us to build that building before this pandemic. Nothing's changed. His work's still to be done. You know, there's work to still do, so we can't quit. We have to finish, you know. And, you know, whenever you start looking at it, what work does LOBC still need to be done? We need construction help tomorrow morning. We could use your help. Right, Brother Howard? Lots of help. Mr. James, lots of help. Let me just give you a quick example of when we volunteer what it saves us. We had a bid to do, build the outside stairs on that building. And the bid to build the stairs, have a contract to build the stairs, sandblast them, paint them. That's not erect them. Build them, sandblast them, paint them. $9,500. We had a couple of men in our church said, hey, we can do that. Saved us $6,000. Do you hear that? When we volunteer, that's not Live Oak's $6,000 we saved. That's his money. That's his money. And so, you know, even, even this week, you know, while they was building them stairs, because somebody years ago had given us some used four-inch pipe that we was able to reuse on these stairs, but it was covered in tar. They had an 80-something-year-old man show up and say, hey, what can I do? They handed him a chipping hammer, and he literally chipped 80 feet of tar off four-inch pipe. You talk about a born monotonous job, click, 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 like a woodpecker. But it saved us money. So we need help with that. You know, we need VBS workers in a few weeks because we do, we're doing VBS this year at Live Oak Baptist Church. Last year we couldn't do it because of the pandemic, but we're doing it this year. So if you want to volunteer at the end of May, we're having VBS. You know, we need small group leaders. We need nursery workers. We need children's church workers. We need, um, we need Awana workers back in the fall when we start Sunday back nights back. We need youth workers. We need first impressions people. We need tithers. Work's not complete. You know, we need people that are going to the community. There is thousands of new houses in this community. Every day you can ride within the shadows of this steeple and they're building new houses. They're building them a lot more cost than what they was building them a year ago because the lumber's higher, but they're building houses. We need people knocking on doors saying, hey, 
We love you. We love you. If you don't have a church home, guess what? 35603 Cox Avenue, we'd love to see you. But if not, we're here for you anyway. Here's a card. If you need us, call us. You know, we need people doing that. But how do we get there? Brother Frank last week introduced, Live Oak don't do anything just to do it. Last week he talked about our discipleship model and our discipleship plan. You know, we have a plan to take you from saying, it is finished, God, I'm following you now, to help you grow, to be more like him every day. There's a plan. And as we start that growing path and as we're doing that, then guess what? All these other things start happening because our hearts changed and we're chasing after him. So whenever Jesus hung on that cross and he said these words, it is finished, that was a victory cry for me and for you and for this world because he was saying, scripture is complete. It is fulfilled. But we have to understand we have to say, it is finished. God, I can't do this on my own. God, I need you to become my Lord and Savior. God, I need you to guide me. This perfect will that you're telling me that you have, show me. Let me do your work. Let me take me out of the equation and let me follow you. Because what we have to stand, it was his work, his grace, and his love that saves us. It was his sacrifice that made it possible not only for us to be saved, but to stay saved. You don't have to turn here. Let me read this to you. In 1 Corinthians 11, verse 27, it says, So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup in an unworthy man manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink the judgment on themselves. In just a minute, we're going to do the Lord's Supper. And for some of us, we need to examine ourselves. For some of us, we might need to come to this altar. For some of us, we might to right where we're at. We might need to say, God, forgive me. God, forgive my actions this week. God, I've betrayed you. And I need to make that right. For some of us, in just a second, we're going to stand. And you might need to make him your Lord and Savior. You might need to say, you know something? It is finished. God, I'm tired of running. God, I'm tired of trying to do things on my own. God, I need you to take control of my life. And I need you to become my Lord and Savior so I know where I'm going to spend my eternity. Some of us might need to come back to him. Say, God, I've been trying to do it on my own. I know you. I've accepted you. But I've walked away from you. So, man, I'm going to ask Donnie to come up. And I'll be here. Brother Mike will be down here. You know, if you need us to pray with you, if we need you to, us to help you start that journey, we're here. But right now, just in this moment, examine your hearts. Before we do the Lord's Supper, and if you don't have one of the element cups already, they're on the table back there. You can slip back there and get that during this moment too. Because as soon as we're done, we're going to observe the Lord's Supper. Father, we come to you right now. Father, and I just ask, Father, that you let us examine our hearts. Father, let us see things that only you can show us. And Father, let us, Father, 
ask you to purify us. Father, forgive us. Father, and if there's some that need to make decisions, whether to accept you as Lord and Savior, Father, or rededicate our hearts to you, Father, or make Live Oak our home, Father, whatever those things are, Father, just in the next moments, let us respond to you and be obedient to you. In your son's name I pray. Amen.